0: Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening.
1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN. ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Another nice-looking day. A little bit warmer than yesterday. Uh, I believe we're going to get some rain, though, and things are going to cool back down more like they were over the past few days so hope everybody doing well on this Tuesday it's Bill and Drew right now here in the studio Dan Dan's got a uh, uh, an emceeing engagement he's emceeing a fundraiser for uh, I believe for the Troy women's basketball program so he said he would check in Um, so so we'll see if we hear from Dan here this afternoon of course, it being Tuesday, Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, is going to join in. He said he would be here in the studio, so he'll be joining me here in a little while this hour. Then in hour number two, it's our regular weekly visit at the bottom of the hour. So around 530, we'll be checking in with Jake Crane of Crane & Company. And the, the, the rest of the time, we're wide open. Love to hear from you on this Tuesday edition of The Drive as we get a day closer to another big weekend in college football and, of course, Auburn traveling to Baton Rouge to see if they can put together back-to-back wins at Red Stick. Going to be tough against an explosive LSU offense and a talented LSU defense that just really hasn't seemed to be able to stop anybody. They've given up over 30 points four times already this year. So Auburn and LSU, six o'clock on Saturday night from Baton Rouge. We would love your thoughts on, on that. You want to talk a little baseball? What an unbelievable w- uh, finish to a huge win for the Atlanta Braves last night. No hit for the first half of the ball game by Atlanta native Zach Wheeler and the Phillies. And, follow, and finding themselves behind 4-0. I mean, when, when you looked up and, and the Braves are trailing 4-0 and you're, and the Phillies are into the Braves' bullpen, it had, uh, with Max Freed knocked out, Freed just was not sharp. Walked four, gave up six hits in four innings last night. Uh, I mean, he wasn't sharp. It just had the feel that, well, the Phillies were about to blow this one out, but they had base runners all over the place. They left the bases loaded Was it the second or the third? They left the bases loaded last night. Um, And the Braves bullpen really did an outstanding job. Actually, it was 3-0 when Freed left. One run given up by the bullpen. But they kept the Phillies at bay, and then the Braves finally get a run, an unearned run, in the sixth, I guess it was. Uh, Zach Wheeler sent back out. It was funny because they were talking on the broadcast. Well, he's done. He's there in the dugout, he's done, and he goes back out and gives up the two-run homer to Travis Darnot to make it 4-3, and then the, uh, uh, the, the Phillies' bullpen has been a problem for them through the years, and in the bottom of the eighth, Austin Riley with an almost um, sort of like, he reached, only had one hand on the bat, but is able to, uh, hit the two-run homer to give the Braves their first lead. They scored their first run as, as I mentioned on the uh, on on the error on the um, the misplayed throw from right field by the cutoff man Trey Turner uh, when when uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. scored. But uh, um, the the Braves going uh, sticking with their uh, uh, stick. Let's see. Coming down to, let's see, Bryce Harper's on first. That's right. Rizal Iglesias comes in replacing A.J. Minter, who, uh, I get, did he walk Harper? I think he walked Bryce. And uh, so Bryce is on first base. There's one out, and Iglesias gives up, I mean, a shot, a blast that looks like it's going to be um, at least off the top of the wall, if not a two run homer. But Michael Harris with a spectacular uh, leaping catch at the fence. And Harper, off with, the, off with the crack of the bat, had rounded second. No chance of him getting back. But it looked like, oh, the throw gets away. And Austin Riley was able to scoop it up, fire it to first base, double play to end the ballgame, and the Braves win. That is a huge, huge win for the Braves last night. to Even the series, uh, at a game apiece, now the, the Phillies still have the home field advantage because the next two ball games will be played in Philadelphia. There's no question there will be two games in Philadelphia. The question is, will it come back to Atlanta? If the Braves win both games in Philly, nope, won't come back to Atlanta. If the Phillies win both games in Philly, it won't go back to Atlanta. But now the Braves have gotten Zach Wheeler out of the way. Aaron Nola is, is next. But it will, it will be a while before they could get back to one of their top guys. Of course, you go, well, Ranger Suarez shut the Braves down first time out. Yeah, that was four, four innings. But, I mean, you have to feel like all the momentum, that the way the Braves came back, scored late, and then made the spectacular double play to win the game, they have the momentum right now. And they will play again on Wednesday night, as will – The Dodgers and Diamondbacks with Arizona looking to sweep the Dodgers as they go home. Unbelievable. The Diamondbacks beating the Dodgers in both games in L.A. What did they say? They've uh, they've only been five times in history the Diamondbacks had won back-to-back games in L.A. And they did, and they've done it now, so. The, uh, the D-backs down a four-game win streak as they swept the wild card series and looking to sweep the divisional series. The Dodgers, with their backs against the wall, they're going to have to go to Lance Lynn or bullpen against um, uh, against the Diamondbacks. Now, the Diamondbacks have gone through Merrill Kelly and and Zach Gallon, their top two pitchers. But, I mean, all the pressure on the Dodgers. You've got a similar situation over in the American League where you have – an underdog uh, with a 2-0 lead, the Rangers leading the Orioles two games to none, and and their game three in Texas tonight. Texas has done the same thing that Arizona won the first two on the road, and they look to sweep this series as they will host the O's tonight. Uh, That will be after the game that is underway right now in a series that's tied at a game apiece between the Astros and Twins, and Houston jumping on Minnesota they lead it 4-0 as they go to the fourth in Minnesota. So that's uh, what's going on in, in Major League Baseball. Some, uh, I mean, it's, it's been tough for the, you know, for the top seeds. Houston looking to be the first seed to have an advantage in the series. As uh, they lost the first game, just like the Braves came back and won the second. Like I said, Houston in a similar situation to the Braves. They've got the momentum. They won game two. Braves are hoping they can follow suit and uh, carry that momentum into Game 3 tomorrow night in Philadelphia. All right, we're just getting underway. Again, love to hear from you. Anything on your mind, sports-wise, give us your thoughts on Auburn LSU, any of the matchups uh, going on around the SEC and the nation this weekend. You're seeing more teams with open dates. Let's see who's off this week. Well, Ole Miss, Mississippi State are the two teams that are off this weekend, but you've got, uh, you got some uh, other interesting games. Florida at South Carolina. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect from either one of those teams. Um, Georgia shouldn't have much of a challenge in Nashville against Vandy. Kentucky, Missouri is another one that, all right, both those teams coming off disappointing losses this past week. Uh, Tennessee is hosting Texas A&M, and that is, uh, that's another big one for both of those teams, if they're to keep any hopes alive of of uh, trying to make a run in their divisions, they need to win this week. And then uh, on the uh, on the western side, you've got Alabama hosting Arkansas, a Razorback team that is staggering right now and uh, looking to avoid to go uh, going two and five on the season. And uh, and I believe that is yeah that, that's all the games. But again, all the games for SEC teams are SEC games. So love your thoughts on any of those. Uh, but but Auburn LSU, how can you know, how can Auburn have a chance against LSU and that uh, that high powered offense? Auburn's strength has been defense. You got to wonder how many of the guys will be back and healthy this weekend. Um, and then offensively, they just have to get have to get something going in the passing game. Uh, absolutely, and, and Auburn's had an open date to try to see what they can do. Auburn has to also hope maybe LSU banged up a little bit because this is, this is game number six in a row without a break and the fourth straight conference game for LSU uh, with uh, the trip to Starkville home against Arkansas at Oxford. And uh, actually, it's their fifth straight conference game. Um, Right? Yeah, it is. At Mississippi State, Arkansas, at Ole Miss, at Missouri, they've been on the road three of the last four weeks and coming home. And then, of course, remember they opened the season uh, against Florida State. So it has been a tough stretch. LSU's got a few guys banged up. You know, You wonder how healthy Jaden Daniels is. Man, he was he was great after it looked like I thought he had a cracked rib when he got that shot last week. And was you know had to go into the training tent and and uh, they they bring in Doug Nussmeyer, but uh, Daniels came back and looked every bit as sharp as he had before with that 39-yard touchdown run and then the touchdown pass to a wide open Malik Neighbors. So you have to wonder sometimes the adrenaline can get you through right then, and you may be a little more tender or sore. Auburn's got a you know Auburn Auburn's got to hope that. It bothers him a little bit when he's throwing the ball because he is so uh, deadly, that double threat in uh, Jaden Daniels. 334-321-1390, one, that is the number to get you through to the drive. Love for you to join in. You can text us on the drive text box, which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number, 334-564-1840. Dan has texted and said he'll be, uh, he'll be joining us here shortly so we'll go ahead and get to our first break of the afternoon love for you to join in as we're just underway on the tuesday drive it's time to stop to get down there and check in a little bit but we'll let him go before well before time for him to uh uh, find out what the itinerary is (laughs) uh yeah andy it's uh been an been an open date for a football, but I mean, there's been plenty going on. Plenty going on in Auburn athletics.
2: Well, you know, basketball is is in full swing right now. Both the men and the women practicing over at uh, over at Neville Arena today. Uh, you, you look at what Auburn's volleyball team did this past weekend with wins on the road at Florida for the first time ever in Gainesville, and Sweet then coming too, back, not just a win, Yeah, and getting one out against uh, South Carolina. Uh, it was it was a great weekend for women's sports mm-hmm. and the off weekend for football because soccer. Uh, beats a top ten team in Arkansas. Uh, we we saw what 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 volleyball did on the road. Equestrian won big uh, at at Baylor, which apparently was not a big a big surprise as I found out today. But
0: yeah, but Baylor was number seven. Yeah, so.
2: right. And Auburn right now is number two. So it's it's an interesting weekend. It was a weekend where Auburn Auburn needed the off week. I think. You know, you you've been talking about football and talking with some of the players today. Jalen Simpson, by the way was one of the players made available to the media today.
0: Oh, good. I, so I, 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 I did not I get a chance that, to get over there.
2: I take that as a good sign. Yes. That, that Jalen will be out there for Auburn Saturday night, and Auburn desperately needs the veteran presence. Well, you need presence. all hands on deck, yes. everybody
0: at possible against that offense. Well,
2: and listen, other than perhaps the Joe Burrow-led national championship team, which was even more balanced, I'm not sure we've seen an offense like the one that we see from an LSU team, like we'll see Saturday night,
0: they're second ranked nationally in total right. offense.
2: Uh, they're they're at about five. They're over five hundred yards a game in total offense, and and Jaden Daniels is as good as there is at quarterback right now. And I watched that game. I watched that Missouri game, and I was surprised that he came back in as you talked about after taking that shot. But what, and he came back in, and he was really, really. He was as we have seen him. All season long, and a guy that has thrown for over 1,200 yards, 19 touchdowns, two interceptions, and oh by the way, has run for 422 yards and has four more touchdowns
0: on the ground this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they are such. A, he makes them such an explosive. He offense. does. He's and not it- the biggest guy. He's six four. He's two ten. He's kind of slight. He is, he's but, lanky
2: looking. Yes, but but as Coach Coach Freeze talked about yesterday, he's much faster than he looks.
0: Well, one of those reasons is because he runs so straight up. Yeah, you know, you see a lot of runners; they have that lean. I mean, they they're they're leaning forward. He runs straight up, but it doesn't. It's like, um, well, Usain Bolt ran a little more straight up than guys, but he was so fast. Eric it's, Dickerson ran straight up. You're right, up. he did.
2: And the the the. the the outstanding tailback for Arkansas, and I can't think of who it was, several years ago ran straight up like McFadden? That. Yes, Darren yeah. McFadden. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, he does. And and it's like his he's just he's just gliding, yeah. but it is so fast.
2: And and he has some weapons too.
0: Oh he does. I mean, he's he, got two or three yeah, you, you receivers look, who are gonna be playing on Sundays. Neighbors
2: and Thomas and Neighbors has seven hundred and seventy-one yards in in catches this year. And Thomas, by the way, leads the country with nine touchdown passes or touchdown catches. Yeah,
0: and and people people have been asking, opponents have been asking of their coaches, how does that guy get so open? Neighbors, right. but you know, Auburn Auburn fans were talking about Brock Bowers. You look at Malik Neighbors, and right. he has that ability of just getting so open, and yeah, he is he is a huge threat. So, and then you have Logan
2: them. Diggs. Yeah. Who has 488 yards. He's a powerful runner. Yes, he is. He's a big guy. This team is loaded offensively. They are. Uh, What what Coach Freeze said yesterday, can Auburn limit this team as much as it can to field goals? And then it's still a big if. What can Auburn's offense do Mm -hmm. to counter what, what, what LSU is going to be trying to do on Saturday night?
0: You have to try to keep the ball. You have to try well, to, yeah. you know, clock management. I Absolutely. Mean, Keep the ball. And,
2: and and for for now, Auburn's best offensive weapon is its running game. Mm-hmm. And if it can establish that running game, and as Coach Freeze said, shorten the game, it, that seems to be the best chance that Auburn has Saturday
0: night. Yeah, we, we'd love your thoughts. If you got got uh, questions or comments for Andy, uh, he's with us for another half an hour 334-321-1390 we'll get to our bottom of the hour break come on in and join us here on the tuesday drive
1: the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive, 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday. Updating on the AL. Division Series, Houston, the Astros looking to go up two games to one, and they lead at Minnesota 5 nothing, and batting in the top of the fifth.
2: You know, we were talking about visiting teams doing well in the playoffs. They have done it primarily against starting pitching.
0: They have. On the road. They look really at, have. Look jumped what, on them.
2: Yeah, look at, look at the first two games of the Braves series. Look at the first two games of the Dodgers series, Absolutely. for goodness sakes. And it's happened today. Sonny Gray.
0: Oh, who and who was the pitcher that got just racked the other day in the American League? There was another one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're right. Starting pitchers and prominent starting pitchers <laughs> Clayton Kershaw have struggled. Again. Yeah, no question. 334 321 1390. It's Bill and Andy. It's been, yeah, it's good to say that again yeah. uh, here in the studio. Drew at the controls. Let's get to the phones. Spectre is up first. Hey, Spectre. Hey, guys. I'm
3: um, sorry I missed the first half hour. I'm sure y'all talked about the Braves. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah, it was an exciting game. I think Atlanta is still in the driver's seat, maybe with a leg hanging out the door, but it, it, was, it was imperative that they had to – the worst they could do was split, and, and they did. And they split to get home games. But, you know, with that being said, uh, you know, Atlanta has the best MLB uh, road game record, 52-29. and 29, And at, with the Phillies, they 5-1 and one on the road. So – I think Atlanta has got a really good chance of taking this out.
0: Well, tomorrow night is is the critical game because, I mean, it's going to put a team within one win of winning the series.
3: Right. Yeah, I think Atlanta will take, take – uh, how many games are going to be playing in Philly? Three, right?
0: Two. It's two, two, two? and one. So, if if, uh, if it gets oh, to two, game two. five, it's back in Atlanta.
3: Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm thinking three out of seven, four out of seven. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe Atlanta will win this out. I'm pretty sure they will. but uh, let me. I want to ask Andy something. Um, I haven't heard much news on the practice field this week or, or even last week. Uh, they probably aren't putting too much information out. Don't want to give LSU a heads up or anything. But what do you think the chances of uh, of Robbie taking the reins in this game?
2: I've I've heard I've heard zero. Indication from Auburn that it will that it will be anyone but Peyton Thorne uh, as Auburn's starting quarterback Saturday. I think that we'll see Robbie in the game, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that unless Auburn's just, doing, just trying to keep it as quiet as possible, I don't think we're going to see yep. much of a change at the starting quarterback spot.
0: Yeah, because one of the things last week, they practiced Tuesday, Wednesday. Did they practice Thursday? Maybe light, but they took off for a couple of days. Right. So they were trying to get healthy. Uh, assess and reassess what they had, what they were doing, things like that. Try to get as many reps for some young guys as possible. So it wasn't really that type of competition, or you know, uh, changing changing roles. I would think from last week.
2: Coach Freeze said, I mean, a lot of last week was self scouting and looking at trends and uh, that thing. And I'm not sure he necessarily liked what he saw in some of the trends. I understand uh, for for Auburn in the game. But uh, th- there was no indication yesterday in his press conference. There was no indication with us last week on Tiger Talk. We'll talk with him again this week on Tiger Talk. I've heard no indication that there's going to be a change at quarterback at this point.
3: Yeah. Well, the reason I say all this is because of what Daniels did against Missouri. And he reminds me a lot of, of, of Robbie. You know, or vice versa, Robbie reminds me a lot
0: of him. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You'd love, you'd love to think that, that Robbie could develop his path, the passing game like that because, yeah, he, he is a dynamic runner. Daniels
2: right now is 132 of 181 this season. He's throwing an almost 73% clip with 1,264 yards, 19 touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean, he is, he is not just the good athlete-type quarterback. He is a supreme passer that is also a fabulous athlete that can run the football as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, would y'all know off the top of your head how many attempts Robbie has had in the five games?
0: 18. I
3: believe, 18. I
0: believe he's eight for 18.
2: Yeah, okay. eight eight for 18 for uh, 71 yards and a touchdown.
3: Okay. All right. Um, all right, that's all I got, guys. Appreciate,
0: you go? appreciate the call, Specter. Terry's up next. Hey, Terry.
4: Hey, Bill. Hey, Andy. How y'all doing? Hi, Terry. Yeah. Um. I think Auburn could use a game plan in this game, real similar to the 2013 game against Texas A&M. Now, the trouble with that, they don't have anything close to a Greg Robinson or a D Ford on that team.
2: Auburn has had trouble this season putting pressure on the quarterback with his front four. It has had to bring somebody else. And when you do that, you open things up. And against a team that can pass as well as LSU, that that could be – now listen, Auburn may not have a choice – but to do that, to try and put some pressure. But when they do that, you've got to contain a guy yeah, like Jaden Daniels that's what I was going to say. That
0: the thing that Auburn did in 2013 against Johnny Manziel was they right. contained him. They, they kept they him from him. breaking containment and exactly. getting outside. Exactly. So the, you're right. But Jaden Daniels, you watch him. So many of his runs are not around the corner. It's him going up the middle. And, you know, with the threat that they have with their deep receivers – It's very difficult for guys to downfield to keep their eyes on the quarterback. You've got to be turning and running with all their receivers, and the next thing you know, Jaden Daniels is running alongside or past them.
4: Bill, and you know who he reminds me of a little bit, Uh, Matt Jones at Arkansas, because he's moving a lot faster than he looks. He
0: in that in that manner, yes, but he is so much a better passer than Matt Jones ever dreamed. Oh, I agree. I agree. Matt Jones moved to receiver in the NFL.
4: Yeah. He I just—he's he's, he's moving a lot quicker. Scary. yeah, yeah. He's scary. Um, do you see what I mean? Any about the the running game? The way Auburn just ran the ball, just kept the ball away from Texas A&M that day. Remember, they were just running ten and twelve play drives all day long.
2: They did. It was a balanced attack that day, and Trey Mason had a huge day mm-hmm. for Auburn that day. And and listen, that was that that was a special day for Auburn. That was a special day for that team. That was a coming out. Yes, it was. It really was. Yes, it was. Because, you know, earlier that season, you know, they, they, they won the last second game against Mississippi State on the pass to, to C.J. Uzama that, that Rod called on the broadcast, which was fabulous. But then Auburn went there and announced to the rest of the country that this Auburn team can win a big game and win a big game on, on the, the road, road against mm-hmm. outstanding talent. And if Auburn's able to do that this Saturday, perhaps that's what we're saying coming
0: back Saturday night. Boy, it would be great to see Jarquez Hunter look to be full speed. We have really not seen him look at, to be at the top of his game yet this year. And with Damari Austin still questionable, you know, they, they're going to need. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, I mean,
2: the, the three guys that, that did not play that we knew weren't going to play for Auburn against Georgia. Damari Alston was one of them, and, and of course, Keyes and, and – Keontae. I, I We're not going to see those guys this yeah, week.
0: don't think so. Uh, no.
2: Perhaps we see more of it and, – and you need a Jalen Simpson because not only is he a good – I think he's the heart and soul of the defense right now, don't you?
0: Oh, I agree, absolutely. I mean,
2: as, as, as well as Eugene Asante has
0: played for this team – Jalen's the guy that puts everybody on the yeah, back end exactly. where they should be i i i for, i i think
2: unless we see this Auburn team come out and throw the throw the ball like we have not seen this season against a power five school I think Auburn's going to have to try and win it on the ground, and Auburn has been good yeah. on the ground and lSU has given up yards on the ground
4: yeah. And Bill, did you get a sense of desperation from the Braves yesterday because they had to win that game going back to Philadelphia? Kind of reminded me of the Mets just were determined to beat the Astros in eighty six. I know that's going back a ways, but they did not want to see Mike Scott again.
0: Yeah, you know, if Travis Darnot had not hit that two run homer, um, the, it may have felt like, well, all they're gonna get's that that unearned run there that uh, when Acuna came around, because they were being shut down. I mean, really shut down. They had what did they have? One or two hits. Uh, I think they finished the game with four, so I mean, yeah, it it, it was it was getting close. That crowd was quiet. Uh, they they needed that. They needed that badly.
4: Yeah, guys, you have a great day. Thank Appreciate you, the
0: call, Terry. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, Andy. I mean, back to uh, Auburn LSU. It's it is a situation where Auburn's going to have to sustain drives, and they're going to have to capitalize. Hugh Freeze talked about trying to hold LSU to field goals. Right. Auburn needs to score seven when they get in the red and, zone.
2: And two sustained drives, even with as well as Auburn has run the football this year. It cannot be third and eight, third and no. nine this season, because or t- this this Saturday night, because LSU is going to bring it. LSU is going to bring oh, yeah. it. Yeah, They're, they're going to come after wh- whoever the Auburn quarterback is at that point. So... Uh, auburn i listen unless there's something else out there that that auburn's going to be able to auburn's got to be able to run the football. auburn's shortened the game mm-hmm. time of possession will be i think a key factor in this ball, game, even as quickly as l s u can strike offensively
0: i'm you know a couple of things we haven't seen an awful lot of just uh, swing passes screens some 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 quick some things to get the ball out of the quarterbacks hands quickly before it's long yardage, you know, something like that. Because LSU has – they have been susceptible to, to just giving up some big plays on plays that don't look like they're going to be big plays. You know what I'm saying? And
2: it doesn't figure because you look at the talent oh man, on this talent. LSU defense and it's hard to figure why they're giving up such big yardage. But they've also done it against two teams that are high-powered offensively in Missouri – and also right. Ole Miss. And Florida and State's both pretty good offensively, agreed. too. And all three of those games were where? On the road. Away. Yeah, yes. well, that's right. All three of those games, the Florida State game was oh, in might the state as well. of Florida. It was in sure. Orlando. Right, exactly. But the other two games were both on the road. And yet, LSU still scored 49 last week at Missouri. Missouri's got to be kicking itself right now.
0: It had the chance. Oh, they did. In that ball they game. They really did. Uh, I and I, I thought I thought they were gonna pull that one off. That and there there were people asking us last week, oh, would it be better for Auburn? Do you think it's better for Auburn than LSU won that game? Absolutely not. <laughs> it is no no way. LSU now is feeling much better. They still have they still have a chance. Because if they win out, right, they can be they, they will be the Western Division champs. So yeah, I, I would have much preferred them going home and not having as much to play for. We'll get to our final break of hour number one final segment coming up with Andy. Come on in and join us, 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through here on The Drive.
1: Celebrate them, man. the man to drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com
0: welcome back in final segment of hour number one our final segment with Andy a Bert, uh, Bertram voice of the Auburn Tigers uh, is Auburn getting ready to go down to Baton Rouge take on LSU? As you mentioned, basketball practices going on. Have you had a chance to, uh, to yeah. watch any more? A, a
2: couple of the Auburn practices. And one of the things that, that strikes me about this team, and I, I, I think just talking with the coaches, the concern right now is defense for this team. How well will this team play defensively? The one thing that I like right off the bat is the depth. Auburn has mm-hmm. depth. That it hasn't had in a while. And that includes some of Auburn's best teams. This is a very deep team. Now listen. We're three weeks away from the start of the season. So a lot of things can happen between now and then. I just like the depth. The numbers that, that Bruce has. And, and I think that in a, even as deep as this team potentially is. You will see him whittle down the... The numbers. It's the, hard
0: to play ten or eleven it is, all year long.
2: But it's nice to have it. Oh yes. Because you know at some point you're gonna lose somebody. Even for a half or a game mm-hmm. and you've got to have some people to step up. I think is gonna be very athletic. I think the potential is there to be a much better shooting team from the outside than it has been in the past. But again, Bruce said it last week at the Bruce and Barkley tournament at their their first scrimmage. They scored eighty some points. They shot the ball very well, but they did it against their own their own defense. So you know, it's it's like it's like the it's like the football coach in fall practice after the first scrimmage because one side is terrific, the other is not. At this point,
0: well, it's funny, and that that so far football wise has turned out all right because the concern was, right. well, are we really going to be are I, we going to be really yeah. good running the ball, or are we going to struggle stopping it? Well, it turns out. They're good at running the ball, and they've been pretty darn good stopping the run. So, but I, they
2: but they have not seen an offense like they will see this Saturday.
0: Oh no, left. no, no! You're absolutely right. But back to basketball, uh, one of the things that we have seen with Bruce's teams is if you don't play defense, you're not going to get as many minutes. And with the depth that there is, right. that is the carrot hanging out yeah, in front there, of them.
2: There is competition
0: there. Yes.
2: There is competition at all five and spots. the
0: athletic ability to play I good agree. defense is there.
2: I agree. I'm not saying that this team will be poor defensively. Oh, no. But the concern right now is the defense
0: this early in the season. I I feel more comfortable with that, knowing the way Bruce's teams play. Yeah. Because if this team can shoot and score, then I, I, I have confidence that He'll have five guys out there that are playing the best defense they can. I
2: agree with you. On the other hand, they're also playing as good a non-conference schedule as they have played in a long, long time, both at Neville Arena and at neutral sites and on the road as well, straight up on the road.
0: Oh, no question about it. I mean, it is quite the challenging schedule.
2: when When you have Baylor, Indiana, and Notre Dame that you know you're going to be playing all three at neutral site games, you have USC and Virginia Tech coming to your place, and you still go and play at uh, at Asheville, when you know mm-hmm. the, the, that's that's tough. And this is all before you get to you the get gauntlet of the play. Southeastern Conference.
0: Right. So I mean, it's it's great for fans. They want they want to see the big matchups. It's, it's, you're getting
2: them. It's great for us to sit there and, and prep for a game when you know it's a Notre Dame or an Indiana or a USC or a Baylor. Uh, and now there's some, of, there's some of the other games there as well, but this is as good a non-conference schedule as Auburn has played
0: in a while. Oh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's told by the, the fact that the individual standing room only tickets were gone almost immediately.
2: Auburn plays UNC Asheville in Huntsville. The game is already a hard sellout at the Von Braun Center in Huntsville. Well, it's for Auburn, easier to get tickets there than it is here. For Auburn, UNC Asheville. Uh, and Asheville's a good team, mm-hmm. and, and Bruce likes playing the mid-majors, and he'll play them anywhere, including on the road or a neutral site game. But that game is already a hard sellout in Huntsville.
0: All right, so what's the plan for the, uh, the trip to South Dakota? Uh,
2: we leave the day before the game, I believe, and come back the day after. Okay. It's midweek. Not, Thankfully, not gonna... it's a Tuesday game. Yeah. So I'll miss a lot of I'll, – I'll take all my gear with me and prep they're in South Dakota. I'm looking forward to it. I've been to South Dakota once. I've never been. I've never been. I've never called a game in South Dakota.
0: How that game got to South Dakota, I don't know the answer yet. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a smart idea by the Department of Tourism, I would well, think. Sure. Because it's going to bring some people who've never been to that part of the country there. And I've talked to several Auburn people that are
2: going as well. I'm sure. So there's, there's going to be some Auburn folks in orange and blue uh,
0: to see Auburn open the season against Baylor. That is great. Yep. Andy, before we run out of time, I mean, let, let folks know the the plan for the rest of the week. You mentioned uh, Tiger Talk. Tiger
2: Talk Thursday night. Our guests, of course, will include Hugh Freeze, uh, Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, will be joining us along with Auburn men's tennis coach Bobby Reynolds. They're getting ready to host the ITA Southern Regional starting Thursday at the Yarbrough Tennis Center. So you'll hear from those three. Our confirmed guests for Saturday. We're still working on our pregame lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, include uh, Ben Leard, who had such that big game oh, yeah. ag- against LSU in '99, and Joe Tessitore is going to join us in the booth. Uh, come down from the TV booth. So we're going to talk to Joe Tess. Tess, yeah, Tess. And, and we Test's may see him. In, we may see him in back-to-back weeks, because Aubin That's El- right. It's a six o'clock yeah, game. Yeah, as Auburn well. Ole Miss is a six o'clock game. So I, we may get to. And I've never met I've, I've met him i've never talked to him and by the way you know he has the the primetime game have you ever heard him do to boxing yes he's extraordinary he really is as a boxing analyst and i've i've so i'm i'm intrigued to talk to him just about how he he goes about doing that so he'll
0: be yeah he'll be a fun guest We we, on the we will
2: fill in that lineup as as the week goes along
0: good looking forward to it you again bet. Again, uh, airtime is what? Uh, 3
2: p.m. 3 p.m. From uh, from Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, and you guys are on the air a week or an hour
0: prior. Yep, 2 o'clock with right. the uh, game day on Wings. With
2: KS and Z. So, looking forward to it.
0: Great. Uh, Andy, thanks a lot. My pleasure. A- always, always fun having you here in the uh, in the studio. And uh, have a great have a great trip. Thank you. Be careful down there. <laughs> always do. <laughs> Yeah, you have to. All right. uh, We're about out of time here for hour number one of The Drive. I think Dan will check back in. And then uh, we'll talk with Jake Crane at the bottom of hour number two. Your phone calls as well, 334-321-1390. Stick with us. Halfway done here on The Tuesday Drive.
1: Network production live from auburn the sports capital of alabama this is The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome into to hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Another nice afternoon. Hope everybody doing well. We appreciate Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, being with us for most of our number one. Dan is on assignment. He is emceeing uh, a fundraiser down in Troy this evening. He may check back in with us. Oh, we got him him on the phone. Yeah, we were having uh, trouble getting the... uh, um, the Skype working pretty well a while ago. So, Dan, checking back in. Uh, Danny, have you made it down there yet, or are you still en route?
5: I, I'm, yeah, I'm a couple minutes out of Troy, but you know how the uh, you know the, the, the phone can be a little bit tricky uh, in parts of Alabama, so I figured we should just keep this one to a, a phone call rather than Skype because it, it could cut out. But, no, it was great that Andy was there. I got to listen to a lot of, uh, of, of you and Andy, and, um, yeah, r- really excited about Saturday night.
0: Yeah, quite quite the task for the Auburn Tigers trying to somehow contain that LSU offense uh and hopefully take advantage of uh of, of some still concerns that LSU's having defensively.
5: Yeah, but but like you Freeze said, right? Like difficult to identify a weakness with this LSU offense and that is I mean it's it's like um uh you know in movies when the guy has to defuse the bomb, Bill, and you got to cut the wire. you gotta, you, know, you got to cut mm-hmm. the right wire. The right. wire. I, I think that's what LSU – that's what defending LSU's offense is, right? On every play, you might cut the wrong wire, and it might be – you know, the, the band might be playing.
0: Yeah, let's, after, con- after let's, con- play, let's continue though. with that uh, thought, the thinking of it, see, picturing it that way. That's what can kill you against LSU, because if you hesitate and you look one way for a split second – Somebody very well could be running by you the other on the other side
5: oh no the, the timer is beeping the whole the whole time LSU is playing like you gotta you have no time to analyze and make decisions you know that the guy we were saying last week a lot of Auburn and not just Auburn fans but but people in general sort of discount the skills that Nick Marshall had at the quarterback position and the yeah. things he could do beyond just you know what whatever you measure with passing attempts and yardage and stuff like that. I feel like Daniel has some of that going on, doesn't he? Like the
0: Yeah, the not instant- so much the sleight of hand with the, I mean, that's where Nick, what Nick Marshall was so good at is not just reading the defense and knowing whether to give or keep, but did it in such a way where you really couldn't tell where the ball was for a count or two. Jaden uh, Jaden Daniels is is good at that but it's the ball in his hands and his ability as he's running around looking for a receiver and liable to let go of the ball anytime he's behind the line of scrimmage or then pull it down and be 10 yards downfield in a blink.
5: Right the, the comparison I made with you know when when Aaron Rodgers was first you know really starting to make his mark you didn't see you didn't see that style of play all that often, scrambling to keep the play alive. I mean, there were other quarterbacks as well, but he was so good at it.
6: Mm-hmm. And
5: the, the way Jaden Daniels can keep his eyes downfield amid the pressure while things are breaking down, he seems to thrive. In You know, you want him to stay on script. And with Daniels, he's waiting for things to break down because he's better in the improvisational uh, mode than your defenders are.
0: And the other thing that they have going for them now is with this being their second year together, Daniels, the receivers, they now know to keep running until they're open. Just run and he will find them if they're open. That's, that's one of the things I think that Hugh Freeze has been, uh, you know, uh, one of the problems with the receivers is continuing on past where the the initial uh, play where the play initially calls on them to go, because you've got well, we, to do some things. If your if your quarterback can have enough time, uh, th- then the longer the more time a quarterback has, the more likely a receiver is going to run open because defensive backs just can't you know can't keep up in every direction for an unlimited num- you know amount of time.
6: You know we really haven't
5: seen since since Puma Chan, right? A quarterback trying to attack Auburn with his leg.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I
5: mean I, I mean, I guess you had the other Cal quarterback, right? Um, you know, the, the the scrambler of of the two at Cal, uh, who Auburn defended pretty well. I think all, all things considered, except for a couple of plays. But no, I think seeing how a an undersized and fast Auburn defense holds up against a quarterback that's going to try to make plays with his feet, you know, is, is that something where where maybe they're maybe Auburn's going to take some more chances and maybe they match up better than they would against a a power running attack. I don't know, but this is a it's a unique challenge for this defense and especially the linebackers who might have to spy. They might be sent on the blitz, knowing that the, you know they have to watch the handoff. Uh, that they might be put into weird coverage uh, situations. It's it's such a challenge, a quarterback like Daniels, for, for the entire defense, but especially for a group of linebackers.
0: Well, and one of the things that is that has made LSU even more uh, dangerous has been their commitment to really run Logan Digs. You saw them do that last week against Missouri. Missouri wanted at early on. They uh they they were they were trying to, uh, you know contain Daniels and, and play zone coverage and dropping an extra guy deep. And Logan Diggs started just gashing them for more and more yards. Diggs is a, um, you know, he's a strong physical running back that in the Florida State game, they didn't really even try to do that much of running him. They've gotten so much better since they're, you know, trying to become more balanced.
5: That's something you saw with, with, with the best dual threat quarterbacks. Uh, in, in college football, where when, when a defense is so worried about not just the plays a quarterback can make with his feet, but also what he's doing with his arm, you can hand it off to a running back, and it can be a 15, 20-yard draw up the middle, right? Because they're so worried about mm-hmm. what, what, a, what, what, the, what the quarterback is doing through the air. I would point out, too, Noah Kane is no slouch.
0: No, you're right. The
5: other running back who was a uh, – he saw him against Penn State.
0: Didn't we? Yeah, he's a guy. Remember came down to Auburn and Penn State uh in his recruitment and then of course yes, Auburn uh played against Noah Kane up in uh up at Penn State.
5: Yeah, he and he was one of the top running backs coming out of high school mm-hmm. uh in his in his class. So that's another I mean, you know LSU's going to have talent at the skilled position. What was it uh Brian Kelly said that that he thought uh I mean I mean he wasn't taking a shot at Auburn's receivers, but he said something along the lines of Peyton Thorne's numbers would be much better if they had Auburn's, if, if they had LSU's receivers or. Um, I didn't see that, uh, but,
0: but you know what? Auburn, he's right. Auburn
5: would be, <laughs> would, yeah. Auburn would be throwing. I think it was, I think it was Auburn would be throwing the ball more if they had receivers like LSU was an answer. Brian Kelly gave at his press conference. I don't want to misquote him, but it was, it was more, it was more talking about the talent LSU has at receiver and maybe explaining that as, as, uh, you know, one, one of the things holding back Auburn's quarterback.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, that, that's just the truth. I mean, I, I don't know if that's much of a shot. Saw where uh, Auburn's viewing window is done, and it uh, looks like both the Johnsons, uh, Javarius and Malcolm, back at practice looking like they're pretty full speed. That would be really good news for Auburn, especially if VAR can, uh, can, can play, because Auburn could have used him against Georgia.
5: Yeah, for for an offense that's looking for a spark through the air, you know, I I wonder. You know, we were saying yesterday, Bill, there's not much Freeze can do that he hasn't tried already with this group of personnel. I I would. Uh, I I read earlier this week that Atlanta is using Kyle Pitts basically as a receiver now. They've moved him. He plays a little tight end, but he's largely a receiver. I wonder if they're tempted to try that with Rivaldo, if, if if it's maybe if if production, especially if they feel good about the rest of the room, at at tight end, you know maybe Rivaldo needs to get more snaps at receiver than he's gotten. We talked about Caleb Burton, and uh, and, and then yeah, Javarius would be a big addition too because you haven't seen him. Uh, has he has he played much on offense at all this year? Who's that? Bar has Bar played? I mean, I I, I don't know. How well, we yeah, when he's been, old. but he's
0: only been healthy for a couple of games. Um, we we saw him, if not start, he played a good bit um, in in like games two and four, on, I think.
5: Was he at, was he was he on the field a lot at Cal?
0: I don't think Cal so. Would
5: be Cal would be the that would be the game where because I because I don't think. You know, we were talking the third game, the Stanford game, is when he only played the punt return. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he played against A&M
0: or Georgia. No, he did. Well, he did not play against Georgia, and I think he may have been in for just a couple of plays against A&M. And it's been because he just can't. He hasn't been able to be healthy.
5: Yeah, he would be the he he would be the new addition if they can get him out there.
0: Yeah, he is only. Uh, he only has five receptions on the season. And, you know, he was expected to be one of the, the main guys. So they really could use him back. I, you know, you, you mentioned um, Rivaldo. I'm wondering, you know, if, if there's a, a possibility of seeing three of the smaller guys, two or three of the smaller guys. We, we saw for just a few plays, Jay Fair and VAR in the game at the same time. Then VAR went down with another injury. So we haven't seen the two of them on there. Caleb Burton's the other guy we've talked about and just wondering if we're going to see him more. He's another normally inside type guy, but if, you gotta, you know, if you're looking for guys that are just hoping they can get open, you wonder if you might see some different alignments than we've seen thus far this year.
5: Yeah, I mean, maybe they can try targeting players who haven't been targeted much, right? I mean, you think about that would be Amari, that would be Coy. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. No, it doesn't seem like
0: there's an easy answer. No, no, you're you're right. I mean and hopefully I mean hopefully they, they uh, uh came up with some some ideas during the open date. And um, we'll see. I mean, usually that's a time where if there are gonna be some fresh looks, you'll see them coming out of that and Auburn's gonna need everything they can get offensively against this L S U team because you know you're gonna have to score some points. You're not gonna shut them down. I mean you just hope that you can keep them from exploding for, you know, 30 40 points.
5: Right. I mean, just especially early. You know, fight fight through whatever early success LSU has. If you can keep them bottled up early, that's even better, but you know, it's uh, you know, uh, like Georgia, you know, there's there's pressure on this defense to to come up come up big early in this game because if not you know, you get the feeling it could be a shootout, and Auburn is ill-equipped for a shootout at Tiger Stadium, seemingly.
0: Uh, before we get to our break, a little recruiting news, seeing Jason Caldwell, who will be uh, here with us tomorrow, posting that uh, Jalewis Solomon, who Brian was just mentioning yesterday, has decommitted from Auburn. Looks like he's headed to South Carolina. Remember, that's where it looked like he was going in the first place. The brother of Zakevius Walker, um, and, and it looks like uh, he, is, he is probably going to head that way now as he is decommitted from Auburn. Jason saying keep an eye on Caleb Harris out of Thompson High School as someone that Auburn could be going after now. So uh, a little recruiting news there. Not, not adding Auburn subtracting from its commitment list for the class of 24. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Dan, uh, what, what's your schedule?
5: I, I can hang on for another break. I might get choppy again as I get a little closer to Troy, but it's uh, uh yeah, I, I can I can stick around for another segment before we got j Boy.
0: Sounds good. Uh, so stick with us. Hey, you can join in as well. 334-321-1390 as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive
1: in 1958.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill here in the studio with Drew at the <laughs> controls. Dan Joining us from the road, got a uh, function coming up. Doesn't it start uh, around 6 o'clock? Is that what you said, Dan?
5: Yeah, a little bit a little bit after 6. I
0: think Probably a so- social time beforehand, I would imagine. Uh-oh. Yeah, we may, yeah. Dan, Dan may be in one of those uh, uh, weak cells as he heads on down to Troy. He'll be back tomorrow, and uh, again, we'll have... Uh, let's see, tomorrow is is Wednesday, so we'll have Jason Caldwell on. We'll have our Tiger Take segment tomorrow as well. Uh, And then, of course, coming up in about a little less than 15 minutes, Jake Crane of Crane & Company joins us. We'll get his thoughts on Auburn and uh, the SEC and and the nation after this past weekend's activities. LSU, of course, coming back home. They've been on the road for the last two weeks And as we said, this will be their seventh straight game. Auburn, of course, coming off an open date. You hope that that really, um, that's something, if you're going to have to play a team on the road, playing a team that has played six straight games in the last two weeks on the road, you hope they're a little bit leg-weary, and hopefully Auburn uh, is close. We've seen a couple of reports about the uh, media viewing window today. And Jalen Simpson, who met with the media a little earlier, he was one of the players that uh, was sent over to meet with the media earlier today was uh, working with trainers, but looking like he was fine. I, uh, as, I, as I've seen it speculated, you know that Auburn wants him to be as healthy as possible to be back there sort of uh, running the, the, uh, the secondary from the field against this potent LSU passing attack. But uh, Keontae Scott was getting some work with the trainer Remember, there's been really no update on Keontae other than Hugh Freeze saying they hope to have him back. They'd hope to have him back late this season, but he's nowhere near playing. Austin Keys was uh, working with a helmet. Uh, He had had a helmet, but no pads on today. We still don't know how close he is to returning, but he wasn't going through all of the uh, drills with the team earlier today. But uh, did, as we mentioned. Uh, that Javarius Johnson, Malcolm Johnson, appear to be full speed out there. Uh, Damari Alston was practicing today, but in a uh, non-contact jersey, so not sure if Damari's going to be able to get back or not. Again, he had a dislocated shoulder, so you don't know uh, if he'd be able to go. If not, then, you know, we've talked about how well Auburn's run the ball, but if you don't have Damari, uh, you would think that's a, a bigger role for Brian Batte. Uh You You would expect more uh, carries for Jarquez Hunter and then Jeremiah Cobb getting more of an opportunity. You wonder if that might also mean uh, a little bit more of Sean Jackson, perhaps, in short yardage where Auburn has struggled. Auburn hoping that when they face third down, it's not going to be third and eight. Andy was talking about that a while ago. You hope that it's not going to be always third and long, but Auburn struggled in third and short. Third and one, third and two, they've been stopped quite a bit there, um, you know, as they try to get into power run formations. Maybe Sean Jackson called on a little bit more there uh, in those situations. Uh, love for you to join in. I think, we yeah, we've lost Dan on the, on the line. So, um, love to hear from you, your thoughts as to what you hope to see, what you'd like to see, what you expect to see this Saturday night down in Baton Rouge when Auburn takes on that, that uh, LSU team. As I mentioned, LSU still got, you know, that carrot is out in front of them because if they can win out, since they have, this would be, you know, game um, seven in a row, they've got another one next week against Army before their open date. And then Alabama, Florida, Georgia State, and Texas A&M, but they get – Florida and a and at home, of course, they have to travel to Tuscaloosa. LSU's got to win this ballgame to really keep any hope alive of winning the SEC West. Then they'd have to somehow go in and knock off Alabama and Tuscaloosa. But Alabama has lost one game at home already. So, I mean, and LSU's got an offense that uh, can, can score points, I think, on just about anybody. But this, you know, they, they have to really keep it going this week. But, again, with it being their seventh straight and seventh of eight straight games before they get an open date don't know how healthy they are Andy was was mentioning I don't think he mentioned this on the air he was wondering about the LSU starting center said he got banged up and left the game and did not finish the game last week at Missouri so LSU may be without you know somebody else uh Jaden Daniels um you know where some people are saying now again I I have not I haven't been told that uh anything would would prevent him from being nearly as dynamic as as we've seen him. But he took quite a shot to the ribs this past week before he came back and was able to finish the ballgame looking outstanding. But, again, a lot of times it's easier that day. You know, you you suffer an injury and you can, you know, the adrenaline and whatever can help you right then. But then after uh, another day or so, the next day, you may hurt even more than you do. Of course, he will have had a full week to recover, but you still have to wonder how healthy he is. We were talking about Auburn's guys being healthy. But, yeah, our, my, my question for you guys, and I'll ask uh, Jake this in a few minutes, what do you think Auburn can do to try to generate more offense? Um, I mean, I've, I've had some people say, just forget about throwing the ball, just run it all the time. I, I don't know that you have the – um the tools that you need really to do that you would you would need somebody who is excellent. We were talking about Nick Marshall a while ago. somebody who is so good at reading the defense, being able to determine when to keep it, when to run, or what other options you're going to have i don't you can't it's hard to imagine being able to put like a triple option in in the open week haven't heard anything that. Like that would be, but Auburn's got to have something to be able to generate more offense and to score more points. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get back to the uh, uh, let's get back to the phones. Dak is up next. Hey, Dak.
6: Hey, Bill. How you doing today? Pretty good. Good. Uh, yeah. To, to answer your question, I, what I'd like to see is with our run-oriented offense, is the tight ends need to be more involved. Uh, I don't. I don't think. The tight ends have many catches on the year, and we do so much play action. I would like to see the tight ends. I, I think for us this weekend, we, we've got to keep it in short yardage, and you know, that would give us an opportunity to maybe to do some play action and throw to the tight end. I don't know, but I know this that when we get in short yardage, we don't need to go heavy anymore.
0: Um, no, I agree with you proven, there.
6: We've proven even against Sanford that we can't get a yard when we need it so i would stay spread out i'd like to see us stay spread out and uh you know at least that keeps the defense spread out a little bit more they could they can't put eight people in the box so i just i just gringe every time that we bring in the heavy set on third and one or fourth and one i'd I'd rather see us stay spread out
0: yeah yeah i'm looking at auburn stats right now and Rivaldo is Auburn's second-leading receiver with 15 catches. Tyler Fromm has one. That is it right. for the uh, for the yeah. tight ends.
6: Right, and and he's got most of those catches, or all of those catches from the slot or wideout. Yep, he you're He right. got them from the tight end nope. position.
0: Yeah, I've I've been wondering, you know, about you know, just doing some things that were almost would make you think West Coast offense, but you know, some some quick swing passes or quick shots to tight ends, something to try to get you four or five yards just whenever you want that's sort of an extended cool. run or something, getting guys out there quickly, hope you can get four or five to set you up in second and short or third and short.
6: Well, right, and even on short yardage, they've not seen us throw to the tight end. No, you're so right. We keep them spread out a little bit, and the thread of the quarterback run, whether it's Robbie or, or uh, uh, Thorne, then, you know, make it look like it's a pull re run and then you, you know, hit the tight end. Uh in the middle of the you know, in the middle or where the linebacker replaces that running back. But I don't know. I, I, I just I just don't have confidence in us getting one or two yards when we need it. In a in a tight, heavy situation.
0: No, because well we've seen it through five games that they haven't been able to do it. So there's no reason to expect that all of a sudden you are.
6: Correct, correct. But uh i tell you another thing it scares me to see uh, uh number nine on kickoffs and other special teams i i was i wish we'd get him off those things i'm scared he's gonna get hurt on special teams
0: yeah well sometimes i know i know they want to have uh you know some of your best athletes out there but but uh um but yeah, yeah it's i, I real, understand
6: it's a you gotta take. yeah i get it you know, he's kind of a leader of our defense. It's scary to see oh, him yeah, out no there kidding. going down on
0: kickoffs. Yeah. All right, Bill. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the Call one. that. Yep. All right. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. On the other side, our weekly visit with Jake Crane. So stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive.
1: And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome
0: back into the Tuesday Drive. It's Bill and Drew here in the studio. Dan with a function down in Troy. He will be back in the studio tomorrow. Right now, though, it's time for us to get to the phones and welcome in our regular Tuesday afternoon guest at this time, and that is Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Jake, how are you doing today?
7: Man, I'm doing fantastic, Bill. How are you doing?
0: Doing fine. I'm wondering, you know, we, we've, it's funny. We've been talking about the uh, home field advantage in college football a good bit early this year. Where's that home field advantage gone in baseball? Man, Major League Baseball, the road teams are having their way so far.
7: Well, I mean, you know, Bill, firsthand how funny of a game baseball is. And, and obviously crowds can have influence and, and not saying that they don't. But when it comes down to baseball, it's uh, to me it's the hardest sport to bet. I mean, there's so many variables that can happen. I, I can watch a football game or a whole weekend slate of football games and, and not see anything I've never seen before. It's very hard to go two or three baseball games watching them in a row where you don't see something that you either haven't seen in a really long time or you've never seen before. So I do think it's a little bit less advantageous, I guess. Uh, it does help. It's much better to be at home if, if for anything but the routine. But I, I don't think it's nearly the advantage that we see in, in like, football.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always like the last at bat. That's, that's, that's always a big yeah. thing. If, if you're in the game, man, before we get off baseball, what a huge, huge win for the Braves last night. They lose that one. Oh, my god! I think they're toast.
7: Yeah, I mean, I just, my, they're so bad for my mental health. Um, and, I mean, you, you look at this team, there's always it's, – it's funny, Bill, in any championship run – I mean, we see this in the NFL, in the playoffs, we see this in the NCAA basketball tournament, you see it in Major League Baseball, even sometimes now with the college football playoff. There's always that, that – those couple plays are that one game where you, you barely scathed by or something crazy yeah. had to happen for you to survive and and be able to do what the team was was ultimately destined to do. Now, you obviously wanted to win, too, if you were the Braves. But, I mean, you saw like the rest of us did. They were getting absolutely shut down by Zach Wheeler. And everybody, Austin Riley, all the credit in the world. Acuna for getting on base. But we got to give some love to Travis Darno too. I mean, sitting off speed on that first pitch. He's a first-pitch jump ball hitter, ambush hitter. uh, And he got the Braves, gave him some hope.
0: Hey, he's the reason. I mean, I said it earlier. I mean, if he doesn't hit that bomb – I don't think i don't think they've got a chance they're getting shut down they did get the the run because of Acuna's great base running and the uh, the relay getting away from trey Turner but Darno's in the game because he had a he had a history uh against zach wheeler and that's the reason he's in the ball game last night and he doesn't hit that one i think if they're going if they're going to the eighth down five uh, four one i i i don't think that uh uh, I don't think they come back and win the game. And then, of course, you have the the play that, that will be played and replayed and replayed, and that's that phenomenal double play to end the game.
7: Yeah, your, your old 8-6-1 double play, um, just
0: absolutely eight, crazy. 8-6-5-1, remember, because Riley, six, five, Riley had that's to get exactly it and throw it right. first. Uh, two, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, your old everyday
7: 8-6-5-1 double play to end a playoff game that you had to have. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, again, you see stuff you've never seen before.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and that, that's, that was huge for the Braves. Now they go to Philly, and, and they hope that there's not that uh, big a home field advantage for the Phils, for the fighting Phils.
7: God, let's hit. Can we just hit? Let's hit. <laughs> really? I know Nola's on the mound, but let's, let's do what we did.
0: Yeah, just do what they did all year long, no question about it. The homeringest hitting team in the history of baseball. And let's talk. Yeah, never bunt. Uh, yeah, really. Well, who does anymore? Nobody does. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, let, let's talk a little football. I mean, it's been uh, during the open weekend for Auburn. Some uh, some more crazy games. Man, it has been a wild season thus far. I mean, when you're talking about things that you not that you never see, but you hardly ever see, just bonehead plays like like Miami. How can yeah. how can Mario and the staff not be screaming out to Tyler when the play when the game clock goes under forty seconds to just take a knee. Victory or whatever. I mean but something, Bill,
7: Bill, this is this is the worst I've ever seen. This is absolutely one hundred percent the worst I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of bad decisions in football games. This is it's I I don't know how you get the trust back to, to I mean this is as easy as it gets. I mean if I was in the booth and they said they were going to run it, I would literally threaten, if I was a coach in the press box, that I was going to jump out. Like, if y'all do this and don't take any, I'm going to jump out of the press box in front of all these people. Or I'm going to take my shirt off on the sideline or something. This is the – and it's the second time he's done it, Bill. He did it against Stanford when he was at Oregon. Oh, yeah. How does this happen once, yet alone twice? It is – you know, we always I, – I, I put this out that we always say the game doesn't come down – never comes down to just one play, right, in football. Typically never. There's typically a handful of plays. This is the very rare anomaly. Yeah, it is. This one, it is the almost is, like when you say almost
0: never comes down to one play. It's the almost. But if you're out there, if you're Tyler Van Dyke and you get the play call, why, why don't you just go no and take a knee? Right. What's he going to do? What are they going to do?
7: I get that. I, I get that. I don't think anybody would have blamed him if he did. But you're so programmed to take what they're telling you to do, whether that's one play that gets called in or that's two plays that you can kill one and run the other or vice versa. Uh, it just, it's, I'm not blaming Tyler Van Dyke. I'm not blaming. No, the no, not at all. This was on Mario Cristobal.
0: Oh, like, yes.
7: How this is even being discussed, how this is even a thing. It's, it's the worst I've ever seen. How does it, Bill, name a worst decision you can make in football. Name a worst decision.
0: You can't. No, no, this that's right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Cause I can't think of one. When you've got when the game is won, the game is won. There's no there's nothing there's nothing you can do that's going to make it any better. You've got you've won the ball game. The clock's clock's running down. You're ready to go ahead and uh, go out and shake hands and celebrate. And now and yeah. now you have to, you have to try to explain. There's nothing to explain. You just can saying, you imagine
7: if that happened at a place like Auburn, uh. like or that happened at a place like Alabama, like just the be- it would be. I can't I can't even fathom it in my mind.
0: No, you you're absolutely right. I mean, so that was that's the play everybody wants to talk about. I want to talk about some of the, the games from the SEC. I, I, I thought Missouri had LSU and then Jaden Daniels comes back from what appeared to be a cracked rib and and makes two spectacular play well, the run was spectacular. The pass, Malik Neighbors somehow um well, I guess with Jaden Daniels running around in the in the in the backfield, Neighbors has a chance to run, and he's wide open. They score a couple of yep. times late, but not only do they do that, but they cover by getting the pick six at the end. I mean, <laughs> insult to yeah. injury for Eli and Missouri.
7: Well, what do they say? Good teams win. Great teams cover. Um, look, w- w- this game, and and we talked about it all week. You know, I was worried that if it turned into a track meet, that eventually Missouri could not hang with LSU if it just turned because Missouri. The run game was good for them, too, but they got so hot and they were moving the ball so fast, you almost don't want to slow down because you don't want to throw your offense uh, off a rhythm. But it was so back and forth. It was like a game of ping pong, and it was like the first offense to make a mistake was going to lose. And that was you know LSU in the beginning, then Missouri had the turnover, LSU got back in it, then LSU took the lead. And I don't know if there's a better offense in college. You could say USC – Right There's a couple you could put up there that's better than LSU. Yeah, I mean, they, LSU's played
0: against better defenses than USC has so far, too.
7: Oh, without a doubt. I would take I would probably, honestly, if I was drafting college football offenses right now, just with the way Jaden Daniels is running, even though, Bill, he runs straight up and down. He does. Like, you're just asking for it. And he gets tattooed all the time. He literally runs vertical. Like that's You're not supposed to do that, but I swear I think it helps him. He runs like a deer. So uh, we'll see, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for Auburn this weekend. It's it's gonna be tough.
0: Yeah, they they've somehow have to find some offense because you're not gonna shut them down. You just hope you can slow them down. You hope you can a couple of times, you know, keep them from getting into the end zone and kicking field goals. I heard you know Hugh Freeze talking about that uh, yesterday at his press conference. I mean that that's good if you can try to do that. I'm, Auburn needs to have as many people healthy as possible. Jalen Simpson. Back at practice today, they really, yep. really need him, but I just don't see how you—you know—you don't stop LSU. So you're going to have to—you're going to have to come up with more offense. How can you do that? How can Auburn do that?
7: Well, you know, I, I think Coach Freeze is exactly right. I mean, moving it between the 20s, sometimes you just got to accept it. And, and with Auburn's lack of a pass rush, unless they try and manufacture it um and then you get caught in man and you give up that big play to brian thomas jr or malik neighbors down the field because Jaden can can put it down the field as good as anybody uh you got to just hold them to field goals and and hope that you can score enough to be able to stay in And i think one of the biggest things is i'm interested to see the tempo that auburn plays at this week uh because one way to slow down lsu's offense is to keep them off the field mm-hmm. we've seen lsu's defense struggle do i think they have the personnel to fix it i do but you know, they didn't, they didn't get fixed by going to a four down. But Auburn doesn't have Luther Burden, right? Auburn doesn't have some of these pieces that these other offenses have. So who's going to step up? Because I think Peyton – I'm worried a little bit about Peyton Thorn the way he looked on the road right. at Kyle Field. And then you're going to Baton Rouge, which is basically like like walking into Mordor. I mean, there's just – there's monsters being born in the mud literally as the game's going on. So if, if you were kind of gun-shy against a Going down to LSU is not a great remedy for that. but
0: Didn't exactly look there, great at and, Cal either. So, I mean, both road games no, have, that, have been – Again, that's what yeah. I'm saying.
7: Some guys are just different on the road and at home. We're going to see. you got a chance. But I do think Auburn, you know, if they're able to get that run game going, which they've shown us they've had the ability to do that, and we've watched LSU get run on, mm-hmm. can they throw it well enough not to just score points But extend drives so you can keep that LSU offense off the field. That's that's the biggest question
0: mark. Yeah, that's what we've had a couple of people talking with us and we've been back and forth about, you know, some things that Auburn has been okay. They've been actually not too bad when they've been throwing on first down. It's when they it's when it's an obvious passing situation and Auburn finds themselves in third and long way too much. But folks are wondering, you know, you really haven't used the tight ends that much. Rivaldo is the second leading receiver for the team. But he's catching most of those passes either when he's uh, split out wide or lining up in the slot. Really hasn't been from the tight end. Auburn has not thrown the ball to its tight ends. They haven't thrown the ball to their backs that much. And just things like that that might be able to get you, you know, four or five yards and keep drives going.
7: Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, going into last week, I haven't seen it updated from this week, Peyton Thorne hadn't thrown a ball away the whole season. And if you're not willing to throw the ball away, you're probably not willing to throw the check down. Uh, There's a couple times against A&M, especially when they bring pressure into a hot, you know, the back may release if that backer blitzes or that defender blitzes. So, you know, you kind of throw him the ball to replace that blitzing defender and see mm-hmm. if he can make a play. Auburn's got to spread it out the best way to help out Rivaldo Fairweather and your best players is by having other players be factors too so the defense just can't hone in on certain individuals and be able to shut down one of the two dimensions of offense and passing and running. So, uh, again, it's, I think if other guys step up, uh, like you mentioned, if the running backs can can you know become a pass threat out of the backfield, that's going to open it up for everybody, including Rivaldo Fairweather, who's a tight end who's typically hanging around in the seam. You tend to stretch them on the outside; it opens up the middle.
0: Let's uh, get your thoughts on a, on a couple of other ball games. I mean, not as many games that just go wow when I look at them this weekend, but I wonder how a couple of teams react. Um, Missouri after that that tough loss last week goes to Kentucky, who just absolutely was manhandled by Georgia. Kentucky thought, hey, this was their chance going in there. Um, I wonder how both of these teams react up in Lexington.
7: Well, I mean, it's kind of like the lick your wounds bowl, right? Like who gets up off the mat. Um, You know, I will say this, though. I always liked, I always preferred if you lost a big game or maybe a game you weren't supposed to, that next week, being able to play a team that you can get excited to play, right, playing a quality team, it's a lot easier to narrow the focus. You know, it was like LSU lost to Florida State week one and then had grambling week two. Like, even if you go out there and destroy them, do you really feel better about it? You know, like, do, do you really – oh, you only ate three Oreos instead of nine. Do you really feel even better about it? Um, so having an opponent I that do. next week that's, that's worth their salt, well, you know, Bill, you're, you're, that's why they call you the chosen one. Um, But but that next week, having an opponent that's worth their salt, that you can get excited to play, um, it it tends to help kind of heal the soul in that 24-hour rule.
0: South Carolina, the the Gamecocks coming off an open date, uh, hosting the Gators. This this is a, a big ball game as far as, you know, setting yourself up to have a decent season or a disappointing season.
7: Yeah, look, this is one of those teeter-totter games, right, where, yep. where the winner, you know, you start feeling more optimistic about a situation you were, you were feeling pretty pessimistic about recently, and the loser, it only enhances that narrative of, you know, you look at both head coaches, they're both on different timelines. Obviously, you look, Shane Beamer's deeper in than Billy Napier, uh,
1: and,
7: and both took over programs where you can win at. Obviously, Florida, it's easier to win there. Um, but, I, look, this is a game where I like South Carolina at home. We coached against them mm-hmm. up there. It is a madhouse. Uh, Spencer Rattler is, is maybe more valuable to his team as an individual, as an individual, maybe more than any other player in the country. I like South Carolina at home. I just, there's some about Florida that I don't trust. Yep. I just don't I'm trust with them on the road. I just don't.
0: Yep. And the screeching will continue up there at, uh, uh, up there at Columbia, Tennessee at open date, but they're at A&M. Hey, both of these teams, If they're to keep any hopes, and I know they're dim hopes, but if they're to keep any hopes alive of trying to stay in their division races, they need to win. So one of them is going to be pretty much out of the picture after this weekend.
7: Yeah, it's basically an elimination game. A de facto elimination game halfway through the year, you tend to run into these when you get into kind of the meat of conference play, Um, even though they're in in different divisions, which makes it all that more interesting. Uh, You know, A&M, they've lost seven straight true road games. Uh, not counting the game against, uh, you know, in Arlington where they beat Arkansas. Tennessee hasn't lost at home since 2021. Here's the biggest question: We know A and M can stop the run, right? We mm-hmm. we know that we know that Tennessee probably has a good chance at home to at least make Max Johnson have to beat him offensively. Uh, it's going to come down to whether Joe Milton can be consistent because I don't think A and M secondary can cover anybody. I mean, last week against Alabama, they tried everything, Ooh. man. They tried they tried Russian four playing zone coverage behind it, rushing four playing man coverage behind it bring in pressure with man coverage behind it, bring in zone pressure. They were able to get to Milrow, but I rarely have I seen a game where the first read was thrown to as much as it was by Jalen Milrow in that Alabama game. I mean, and there was more space. I mean, how many times, Bill, was the ball caught? And there was a second and a half before there was even contact. Or a guy was three yards past the sticks on third and nine. I'm just so – Miami did it to him. Bama did – Bama rushed for 23 yards. Yep. If you would have told me that Bama rushed for 23 yards, I'd have told you A&M, they'd have the time of their life in overall screaming in the woods and all that jazz. Yeah, run for 23 watch,
0: yards, get penalized as many times as they did, and, it was still, unbelievable. and still lose. How uh, many series. times
7: can you give up third and 12 Goodness. and third and 15? So, is Joe Milton, who you know we're not the, the biggest fans of of all time. I don't think he, he's a very nuanced thrower. Can he make the routine throws routine? Because if he does, I think Tennessee can outscore Texas A&M when Tennessee's at home. And, and that's the way I feel like it's going to go.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, here we are. We're at the midpoint of the, midpoint of the season, and with, uh, after all the, well, this team, that team, uh, don't know how good they are. You look around, and, and it's pretty much status quo. you got Alabama and Georgia, the only two teams yeah. that are unbeaten in conference play.
7: Yes, it, it kind of always turns into the same old story. It's like we live in an alternate universe, and, like, every year it's different, but it always gets to the same conclusion. <laughs> but, look, there's a long way to go. Um, if LSU just plays a semblance of defense, I still think they got a shot in the West. They can beat anybody uh, with that know, offense. That they really could. If you face an offense that has a bad day and you get a couple turnovers, kind of like mm-hmm. they did against Missouri in the second half, LSU could just outscore people, which I know isn't the methodology that they want. You obviously want team balance. Um, but, you know, you look at – Jordan's going to win the East. They're only going to get better. Uh, we, we've talked about that. You watch them develop. They have yep. the, the great luxury of developing while winning. Um, so yeah, yeah so I I mean, the right great now, luxury got of Pennsylvania, Bama, and Georgia. Yeah. yeah. And
0: Georgia also uh, has Icon that luxury problem, of a Bill. schedule too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
7: Yeah, that's true. That's true, but I mean
0: Oh, but they're good. They're really the really day, really good. They're
7: starting to figure it out.
0: Yep. As Arkansas got any shot at all? I mean, man, this team uh the 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 the, the Hog fans are are uh, losing some of that love for uh, for Old Sam. Yeah,
7: unless they got a spy cooking Bama's breakfast. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I yeah. mean, it just you know, you look at this matchup, and I hate it for Sam Pittman. I mean, Sam Pittman's an easy guy to root for. No kidding, easy guy to root for. Very genuine guy. But the fact they're not able, they're not good up front on the offensive line with him being who he is going into year four. I mean, it's KJ Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, and then you know, really nobody. Bama's defense. I don't see how they continually put up points against Alabama's defense. No,
5: nope.
3: and
7: it's only a matter of time before Jalen Milroe can out athlete Arkansas a couple times. And I'm sure he's getting more confident and confident in that receiver room, and they're getting more confident. I like Bama big in this one, man.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Uh, hey, Jake, we're we're completely out of time. Let everybody know what you got coming up, and of course how they can get it.
7: Yeah, uh, it's really easy to find. Uh, just head to YouTube. It's Crane and Company, C R A I N and Company. Uh, talking to Auburn tomorrow, Auburn LSU. with Brandon Marcello is going to hop on with us in the morning. So uh, yeah, we go live six thirty eight a.m. Central each morning. Stays on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and all that stuff uh, for the whole day. But no, I appreciate it, man. Should be interesting this weekend, Bill. Solar eclipse, Auburn versus LSU. Hey, I don't, I don't know. Weird things happen.
0: Absolutely, there have been crazy things. Auburn needs whatever they can get to try to help them. Great stuff. Yes. yeah, great stuff as always, Jake. Yes. Thanks, man. All
7: right, Bill. Thanks, buddy.
0: Uh, Jake Crane joining us as he does every Tuesday. Need to get to that final break. Back to wrap things up here on the Tuesday Drive. It's time to stop dealing with.